Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, sports fans? My name is Jake Anzuski, Jake Iggy, or Iggy for short. And this is Iggy's Sports Talk. So I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to episode 51 of Iggy's Sports Talk. And today, I have a very special guest with me on the show. His name is Sean Harper. He's a former NFL player and also a motivational speaker. So how's your day going so far, Sean? You know what? My day is going well. Has some ups and downs, ed and low, you know, highs and lows, but uh, we winning. That's what it's about. There we go. That's what it's all about. You woke up today. That's what matters. Yeah. Where are you located right now? Hey, you know, I have one more. I am I am located in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, there you go. How's the temperature out there? Is, is, is it getting sort of into that spring kind of weather? It is, it is. You know, it's you know, you know, it's having some struggles with uh, you know, with winter still trying to, you know, raise this ugly head, but I could smell it, baby. It's here. Spring is here. And I, in fact, I went out and I purchased a bicycle. So I, you know, I'm I'm out there riding a the bike and it's so funny, but I love it. So yeah. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. I, same, same year in Plymouth, New Hampshire. The, the snow just melted. I, I just skied my last day a week or so ago. And it's crazy because it was like 70 degrees yesterday. And I'm like, whew, finally, finally, we, we got the we got the spring weather back. But up here in New England, it doesn't matter if it's yeah, spring, yeah. winter or whatever. The, 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 it can rain one hour and snow the other hour. Who knows? Jeez, man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely interesting, but, um, but I always like to ask my guests this, this question to start off the conversation uh, because, you know, 2020 last year, very un- unprecedented time, a year where it was tough for a lot of people, but also there was some time, it gave people some time to learn a lot about themselves. Um, so I was wondering, you know, looking back on the year of 2020, uh, what was one moment that you can think back on, and think, wow, that was probably the greatest moment uh, of 2020. Wow, well, you know what? The greatest moment of 2020, honestly, for me is learning how, or that that I was able to learn how to deal with adversity. You know, adversity can break you. It breaks people every single day, but it also can make you a record breaker. Mm-hmm. The difference is the perspective of your pain. What right. is the perspective of your pain, right? So I had went through uh, several, you know, uh, extremely traumatic experiences actually in 2020. Uh, but what it did is that it actually increased my resolve. It made me stronger. And I realized, mm-hmm. that, you know what, I can win in just about any situation or circumstance. Right. You know, just to have, you know, key aspects of your life permanently disrupted. Uh, anchors that were in your life, people that you had depend on, uh, it, it, situations. You know, I probably lost in within 48 hours, I lost 90% of all, actually 95% of all my speaking engagements in one day. You know, wow. I mean, there were cancellation after I had, you know, I had a, I had a conservative six figures lined up as far as speaking. So I had planned out the the, the actual quarter, the actual year, and I'm used to being on the road. You know, I'm used to living out of, out of a suitcase, you know, and so right. I love that. And then all of a sudden, not only yeah, I'm not speaking anymore, my actual outlet of traveling is gone. At, 
and that's just the edited version of some things that I had to deal with. So it was tough, but it taught me that I can adapt and overcome in just about any situation or circumstances. Exactly. I, I love that. And, and like you said, the first thing that you brought up, perfect word for it. It's all about the perspective. It's all about how you're looking at the world around you. And I found it sort of interesting when the pandemic first started, you know, there's a lot of people who were selfishly thinking, why me? Why is this happening to me? And I was one of those people as well. You know, I, I got my junior year sort of cut off and had to go home and do online classes. And I really had to take a step back and think, you know, this is happening to everybody. You know, th this isn't only happening to me. And, and so how were you really able to go through um, and overcome that adversity? But especially for yourself, somebody who's a motivational speaker, how were you able to adapt um, to sort of a virtual type of uh, way of working? Yes. Yeah, so I just, uh, as I mentioned, I actually kind of sprinkled and you know what, um, you are a very good host to really come back in and zero in on that is sure. that um, I had to, I had to develop an internal gyroscope, you know, a gyroscope is placed on certain things to create a actual counterbalance. Mm -hmm. And so the counterbalance had to cease from moving external. It had to move into an internal, having an internal gyroscope that uh, that actually created that actual balance in my life. And to be really honest, it just really fortified my relationship with God, you know, because sometimes when you have everything that's around you, that's in this world system, that's crumbling, you need something that's outside of this world system that you could adhere to, that you can like line yourself up to actually triangulate your life. You need three points. You need where you're at, when you're going, or where you're going. You need an unmovable point. Any of those points are off, and your destination, your destiny is off. The, mm -hmm. good, the actual good news is that I was able to realign myself with that unmovable piece. And you know what? Where I was, I realized, and where I'm going now, you know what? I was able to really move into that. So you mentioned just now, you mentioned the fact that me, me actually being online. So I'm a very intuitive type of a person, I'm a very intuitive type of a speaker, but I'm not able to connect with my audience. I'm, I'm having to learn a whole new skill set to pick energy up by connecting over Zoom, like being able to read you, read your image, your body language, and to pick up your, your actual energy from a camera is a new skill set that I'm developing, but I'm getting pretty good at it to the point that, you know, I don't know if I want to go back on the road anymore as much. Mm -hmm. it's, too, it's too much of a hassle. It makes a lot of sense. I, I think that's something that a lot of people have sort of realized uh, during this pandemic is, you know, maybe I don't have to go on all these business trips. Maybe I can just do a lot of these things, uh, you know, right here in my home. And that's that's something that, uh, you know, I've gotten a little bit better as well. You know, I, I do a lot of these interviews over Zoom, but I, I like doing interviews much more face to face, like over Zoom uh, compared to audio, because I'm a very visual person as well. You know, I, I base my thoughts and um, sort of how I react off of people's nonverbal communication. And so it's, it's definitely been a learning experience for really all of us, but, but something that, you know, I sort of something that you brought up 
um, with kind of having to go to an external resource um, when things are uncertain or when you don't know what's going to happen. And, and over this time, I've sort of just kept the same mindset of everything happens for a reason. The dots are going to connect. And if I overthink it too much and if I try to control things, that's just going to cause me anxiety. Yeah. Um, and, and, and actually that, that anxiety, and I'm not, I'm not a professional, so I don't want you to, you know, and I don't want your audience to take this away, but oftentimes a lot of fear, strife, and anxiety is that we're trying to hold on to something that we can obtain. And we're trying to gravitate and try to subdue something that we can't control and being able to release, being able to set free uh, there's so much, there's so much energy and there's so much power with that and in that. Uh, so yeah, um, that's, that's been a lot that's, that I've had to learn because, you know, I'm one of those individuals when I get in there and fix it, I want to fix it, but there's certain things that you can't fix. And it's very, it's very humbling to get in situations or circumstances that you can't fix. You, right. know, you have to let the process play itself out. And then you have to find out where you fit in that process and don't over-process. So yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and I bet sort of, um, I bet it must've been tough, especially like growing up as well, um, you know, that uncertainty of, of not knowing really where you want to go. I, that's, that's where I am right now. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, if, if I'd be able to be behind this microphone for, as a career, which that's my goal, that'd, that'd be unreal. And so like growing up, sure. um, did, did you sort of have that positive mindset and that positive perspective um, of just trying new things, trying to figure out what your purpose was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's so funny. Don't laugh at this, but I've always had a future that involved the microphone because I used to MC, And then as I got older, I used to rap. And so it's really weird, but, you know, ever since I was like nine, 10, 11 years old, you know, I was, I was, you know, I had a mic in my hand, uh, in my left hand, you know, cause I'm, you know, cause I'm both right and left-handed, but I would have a mic in my you know, hand and I'm in front of 500 people and I'm rapping and I'm so rapping is, hard. And I can mix it my kind of yours. Like if I search John Harper on, uh, on YouTube rapper, can I find a video? No, you will never find a video of me rapping <laughs> on you. That's been scrubbed. <laughs> You'll sure. never see that ever. Sure. You know, it's funny. It's weird because you, I, this is probably one of the only interviews I've ever mentioned that. But yeah, I'm, I actually had an opportunity to make music um, with some friends of mine. That's cool. But yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so like, how did you uh, start, start like getting into like football and like that sort of stuff and, and really start to sort of fortify that dream um, of being in the NFL? Never really liked football. I didn't That's like football until like the 12th grade. Yeah, it was my mom. My mom made me play football. She made, I used to, have, I would have to walk almost two miles to and from practice every single day. And she wow. made me play. I didn't want to play. I couldn't stand football. And, you know, and, you know, it's so funny. My son, uh, he, he was the same way. He didn't like football. And I could tell he didn't like it because it wasn't in his eyes. 
Mm -hmm. Probably towards his senior year, he started liking it. Same time I started liking it. And, um, you know, because I was expected to play because I'm a big guy. You're a big guy. You go play football, right? Right. But it was, I did not, it wasn't in my DNA probably until I got to my junior, senior year. And it just clicked in. Like, you know what? This is something that I would like to do. And then, you know, from there, I went to junior college, went to Indiana University, and the rest is history. And, you know, boom. And so that, that's interesting because, uh, you know, you sometimes you hear guys who start, you know, getting that like football passion, like in high school, like yourself. Um, but then you also sometimes hear people, you know, they started at like five years old or something like that. But like when you when you sort of transition from Indiana to the NFL, did you have that like motivation? Did you have that fire to succeed, even though like you weren't? Super oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. You know, once once I'm in college, you know, mm -hmm. I see the opportunity now, right? And and then you know from there, you know that, you know that uh, that dream, that desire, that goal, you know, it comes out after mm -hmm. that, yeah. And so, from your time uh, yeah. transitioning from Indiana to the NFL, like how was that transition? Because you know, you see a lot of guys from college to the NFL sometimes have you know pressure issues or stuff like that. But how was it for you? Yeah, you know, it, I, I didn't have all that pressure because I was never expected to make it in the first place. So it was just like, okay, you know, it doesn't matter. The fact that I got drafted the NFL in the first place was a huge victory. Like I said, I wasn't that guy who was all Pop Warner, all state and, you know, all intergalactic, you know, universe in high school and junior high school. So I was just a kid sitting in the back. So just the fact that I got drafted, I already made it. And that's good and bad, because what mm -hmm. happened was that once I reached the pinnacle, the downside to that is, is that I needed other fuel because I've already made it. Now what? I'm one of those now what type of guys like let's go kill, conquer take over something and if I don't have that then um, yeah I get bored I get bored I, I have to have different projects different opportunities and so that was one of the downfalls of that once you reach that level now what right um, so but you know it's okay yeah that's interesting. Yeah, you, you, I, I watched a uh, football life um, that that series with Rodney Harrison. And he said something very similar. He's like, I always needed something to go on. Like I needed something to you know get excited about. Um, but sort of yeah. during your time, uh, during your few year, during your few few years uh, starting off in the league, was there any players who uh, mentored you during your first few seasons? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a guy named Jackie Slater. He, you know, he was a you know he was a right tackle in the league. He was phenomenal. He was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. He was a great mentor. Um, awesome guy. That's awesome. And then also you played with uh, Marshall Folk as well. And I was, I was wondering what, what were some of your experiences with him, especially, uh, you know, guarding for him? You know, he was a quiet guy. Yeah. He was quiet, quiet, very decisive. Yeah very to the point action 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 to himself a lot so yeah i tell you uh, uh, a more colorful guy was a person like tony saragusa was on their team you know he was hilarious you gotta look him up man it's a big dude you know he was funny to me you know guys like that but yeah 
And then also another guy who, who's your quarterback and, uh, and Jim Harbaugh, you know, we see him on the sideline of Michigan these days and, you know, he's always fired up. And so I got, I got to ask, how is he as a player? And, and especially somebody who, who was like guarding him. Um, what was your experiences with him? He, he is and was extremely intense. Very, 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 very intense guy. Yeah. That makes sense. And so did, did you have like a pretty cool experience like playing with him and like did, did his intenseness like hype you up or? Yeah, I loved him. It's awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, he has a strong, he, he has a strong will to win. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, when I saw him on the sidelines of the 49ers, he was always so fired up and, and, and ready to win. And, and that seemed like it yeah. was his number one priority. Yeah. I loved him. I love him. He's a great guy. That's awesome. And, and then right after you uh, transitioned from the NFL, you went over to the NFL Europe. And I was just wondering, uh, is there any like major differences between NFL Europe and uh, the NFL played in the USA? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. The speed of the game is a lot faster in the NFL. But, but you know what? There was, there, was, there was a lot of great talent over in NFL Europe. A lot of great talent. Uh, uh, in fact, my quarterback was a guy named Jim Harbaugh. I mean, um, uh, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was my wow. quarterback over there. That's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. And yeah. was he? Was he? Um, like, how old was he? I didn't know that he played in the NFL Europe. How old was he? I don't know how old he is now, but you can look it up, though. Yeah, I'll definitely have to look it up because I, I had no clue that he uh, that he went over to the NFL Europe and then. Um, and so you went from the NFL Europe and then transitioned um, into a motivational speaker. And I was wondering sort of what intrigued you uh, to want to be a motion, motivational speaker and go out and help people. You know, I, it's, it's just that, you know, uh, I was able to, to actually achieve a measure of success and to win. And I'm thinking, okay, how many other Sean Harpers are out there? Uh, people who just have to sort of just invest in them believing them, pouring them, where are they at? And so um, that's my goal is, you know, let me find somebody that I can motivate, that I can help, that I can encourage that. So definitely. And when watching, I'm watching a, a few clips um, of, of the speeches that you've made. You, you talk a lot about uh, this winning edge. And I, I, was, I was curious exactly what is the winning edge and how can people implement it into their life? You know what? So it's like life is, is, is to me, life is not really about success. Life is about winning. And um, everyone is created to win. And, it's, and, 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 and it doesn't mean that someone has to lose. But when you win, you're going against your chief competitor. And your chief competitor, it, your chief competitor is yourself. And you have to fight against you to get to the, to, to, to the actual pinnacle of what you've been called to do. And so if life is a game, you play to win and you compete against yourself. And so we, we all the time make up excuses in our minds and, and that's sort of what you talked about. We get, a, we get in our own heads. And so how do you suggest people avoid making excuses in their, in their minds? You know what? So, so one of the things that I do is when that excuse comes, not if, but when it comes, you have about five seconds. I call it the five second rule. You got five seconds and you can 
change it within five seconds when that excuse or that want to cop out. If you can catch it within those five seconds, you can change it. So that's what I do. I would say the word stop. And then that thought freezes every time. And then I redirect it because I'm going to get into the 212. And that's my goal. That makes sense. What's the, what's the 212 mean? Water is water at 211 degrees. Okay. At 212 degrees at one degree extra, that little bit of effort, water boils boiling water has changed the world so you got to get into the 212 if you want to change the world yeah you, you just brought me back you just gave me a little bit of nostalgia quite honestly because uh, uh for my baseball team our slogan was 212 and uh that i, I kind of had an inkling that that's what you meant um but that's kind of what my coach would always said he said work, work to that 212 like work that extra mile not 211 get to 212 so that's cool the 212 yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and so for people who are listening right now that uh, sort of want to get involved in your motivational speaking and learn more about you, uh, where can they go and where can they find you? Yeah, so you can go to, to uh, seanharper.org is my website, but you can go to seanharper.co, S-H-A-W-N-H-A-R-P-E-R.co. You can get a free copy of my book. Um, information is there as well. But and and then and then obviously I want you to go to my Instagram, like Sean Harper Speaker. I have tons of clips, videos, everything's there. So um, last but not least, my uh, Facebook group, Winning by Design, and uh, there's tons of just really intimate one-on-one, um, just getting down and gritty, coaching examples. It's all there. Perfect. Perfect. I'm definitely going to have to, uh, right after we have this call, I'm going to go and uh, check out your book 100%. Okay. That sounds great. Absolutely. So everybody that's listening right now, go and check out Sean's stuff. And Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I was able to learn a lot and uh, I'm definitely going to go and check out all your stuff. Really appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.